Foreman podcast should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Welcome to the Burn Foreman Take 5 Immigration Podcast Series. The Take 5 Podcast Series is a weekly five-minute high-level overview on what businesses need to know each week as it relates to immigration. My name is Melissa Azalian. I'm a partner on the Labor and Employment and Immigration team at Burn Foreman, and I will be your host for this podcast series. I've been practicing in the business immigration arena for more than 20 years, working with clients in many industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, food and beverage, and education. So let's get started and talk about immigration this week. In our previous podcast, we have talked about temporary visas and green cards and how the recent presidential proclamations impact certain foreign nationals located abroad seeking to enter the U.S. Many companies use temporary work visa strategies to employ workers with the goal of transitioning those employees to a long-term employment arrangement and green card sponsorship. It's important to establish the appropriate immigration strategy at the outset of the process, even before you file the visa application, because many times that strategy flows through and can be very helpful at the green card stage. Today, I wanna talk about the current green card process used by employers to sponsor workers and explain how most employers begin the green card process. There's a lot of misinformation about the green card process, and I thought it would be helpful to explain how the process really works. In most cases, an employer must begin the employment-based green card process by testing the U.S. labor market. It must follow specific regulatory guidelines to verify that there are no qualified U.S. workers available for the job. This process can take several months, and it involves a thorough review by the U.S. Department of Labor before the employer can even proceed with hiring a foreign national worker for the position. This process is called PERM, or Program Electronic Review Management. Sometimes it's referred to as labor certification, and it can be one of the most confusing and frustrating portions of the process for employers. PERM is driven by numerous regulatory requirements, and the slightest mistake can doom a green card sponsorship. The PERM process is most easily understood as a testing of the U.S. labor market to ensure a foreign national being sponsored for a green card is not filling a job that could otherwise be filled by a qualified U.S. worker. An employer's ultimate goal in the PERM process is to have the application certified so that they can move forward with filing an immigrant visa petition with the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, and ultimately obtain a green card. Now, there are both wage and recruitment obligations associated with the PERM process. For example, as part of the PERM process, the sponsoring employer must demonstrate that the employee will be paid at least the prevailing wage. We also call this the market wage. The Department of Labor looks at the geographic area where the job is located, They also look at the position, and they develop a database with wage levels ranging from entry level to advanced, and this process results in the prevailing wage determination. The purpose of the prevailing wage determination is to make sure the employer is not underpaying the worker through sponsorship, that they're paying them a fair market wage and offering the same opportunity to qualified U.S. workers. Now, the prevailing wage request filing is free. But DOL is often very slow to issue a determination, and there's no expedited option. Once the prevailing wage determination is issued, the guaranteed validity period of that is about 90 days, and it's usually longer. 
The second part of the process involves recruitment and to test the U.S. labor market to show there are no qualified U.S. workers available to fill the position. The labor market test also requires the employer to advertise the job using various recruitment sources during the 180-day period leading up to the filing. For example, for a professional position, the recruitment plan would likely include two advertisements in the Sunday edition of a newspaper of general circulation in the area where the job is located, and then three additional recruitment steps, maybe a job search website or a campus placement office as well as a job order and an internal posting. So there's quite a bit of recruitment that the employer has to do. The PERM process is very strategic and it's probably one of the most important parts of the green card process. So it's important for the employer to start the process early, clearly and strategically define the job and work closely with counsel to make sure all the regulatory requirements are met. Now after recruitment, the employer would collect resumes from all applicants and follow up with those applicants to really confirm whether they meet the minimum requirements of the job. This also might result in some interviewing, whether phone or in person. At the end of the day, if there are no minimally qualified U.S. applicants who apply, the employer can file the PERM application. Once the application is filed, it takes about three to four months to process. The filing can be audited, which oftentimes delays the process and requires a supplemental response by the employer. But once the PERM is certified or approved, it's valid for six months. And then during this time, the employer can proceed with the next step in the green card process. So this is an overview of the first step in the green card sponsorship process for employers. As you can see, there are very specific requirements and obligations by the employer even before filing. Stay tuned next week when we address the next part of the green card process, and I'll explain how it works in the relevant time frame. So this wraps up our Take 5 immigration update for this week. I hope this update has been helpful to you as we strive to cover business immigration issues at the forefront. If you'd like to see any particular topics addressed or have questions, please email me at mazallion at burr.com or any other Burr Foreman attorney. And to find podcasts, webinars, and legal sources on immigration, please visit our website, burr.com. This series is also available on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening today.